Okay, this morning we are blessed with, I think, a great speaker, great pastor, great lover of people. Would you stand and give Jimmy Hargrove a big hand as he comes to share the word? Thank you. Hopefully, praying and believing not only for Mindy's healing, but for some good weather over the next couple of days. Amen? <laughs> uh, it'll be good regardless. Um, I'm, and I'm, I'm still believing God is going to, what the enemy meant for evil, God is going to turn for his good and his glory. So <laughs> we're going to have a good City Kids camp regardless of how it looks. Uh, and it's going to be great. So before we get started, let's just pray today. Let's just set our hearts on God and, and uh, yeah, make sure our hearts are prepared to receive from him today. So, Lord God, we just thank you that you love us, you care for us. Lord, and we just want you to soften our hearts this morning so that we can receive from you, Lord God, that your word would uh, penetrate deep, Lord, and that we would be changed by you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, growing up here in America, we celebrate the 4th of July, which one, uh, and we blow off fireworks and we do all this fun stuff. And other, other countries blow off fireworks too, just not on the 4th of July. I went down to uh, El Salvador, which is where my wife's grand- grandparents uh, live, and we went there for Christmas, and that's when they blow off all their fireworks, and it's a lot of fun. But for us, it's the 4th of July, and we celebrate this day because in 1776, uh, that is when we declared freedom from Great Britain, and it's called the Declaration of Independence, and it's when uh, it was signed. But I don't know if I didn't know for a long time, but many of us may not know that the War of Independence didn't actually end until 1783. And the, the Revolution War went from the year 1775, so just before uh, the Declaration of Independence, until 1783. lasted eight years. And on September 3rd, 1783, both... Uh, Delegates from Great Britain and from the United States met, actually, in Paris. And it was at this time that Great Britain formally recognized the independence of the United States in what we call the Treaty of Paris. I don't know if that's up there or not. So we declared independence from Great Britain, but that didn't mean that we had independence yet. It had to be, it had to be fought for. It had to be won. Just declaring something doesn't mean you get it. It has to be fought for. It has to be won. So, a couple stats for you on your your notes. There was 231,000 people who served over the eight years um, of the Revolutionary War. 6,800 Americans were killed in action during the war. Another 6,100 were wounded. Approximately 20,000 were taken prisoners, and approximately 17,000 died from disease during that time, and approximately 8 to 12,000 of those was 
by their estimations, were those who were taken prisoners. So nearly 24,000 people of who we would call Americans today gave their life during this time so that we could win uh, our independence from Great Britain. So why, why, why were they fighting? They were fighting and they gave their life so that we could be free from Britain's rule, free from their taxation, free from uh, them kind of governing how things happen here in the United States. We did, they felt like, you know, we're, we're starting our own country. We're our own country. You have no jurisdiction over here. And so they had to fight for that freedom, which through the cost of 24,000 lives was able to be won. So that was that. So Christ gave his life from freedom, from sin, and the law. So men gave their life from freedom from a country. Jesus gave his life for freedom from sin and from the law. This isn't on your notes, but freedom as, uh, is the quality or state of being free, such as the absence of necessity, coercion, or constraint in choice or action. And Galatians 5 here is kind of going to be where we're going to build from here today. Galatians 5, verse, starting verse 1, it says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. And before we go any further, it gets a little graphic, but he's saying, hey, God, Jesus set us free from sin and from the law. The, the, the yoke of trying to earn your way to heaven. And he's, he's telling these people because other people were telling them, hey, you need to be circumcised to be, to be saved. And he's like, no, that's trying to earn freedom on your own. Don't do that. That's coming back under what you've been set free from. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only, only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view. And the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. <laughs> oh, dang. He's like, don't do this. And he says in here, he's like, hey, if you're going to come under... You know, the law of circumcision, if you're going to try to earn your way to Christ in this way, you have to earn your way to Christ in every other way. If you're going to go back under this, it doesn't stop there. You can't do one little thing and think you're good. If you're going to try to earn your way, you got you got to do it to the full extent, which isn't possible. 
John 8, 34 through 36 says, Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus died to set you free, to give you freedom. For freedom's sake, he set you free. Um, this word freedom in Galatians is eleutheria in Greek, and it means the state of being free. It describes the state of a person who is no longer enslaved by an oppressive force. Great Britain has tried to oppress us here in this country to make us do things we didn't want to do. Sin oppresses us and causes us to do things we, we don't want to do. But Christ died so that we would be free from sin and from the law, from having to try to earn it. So we shouldn't try to earn it because we can't earn it. So stop trying. Just accept. Accept that, that gift. So when I was, I told my son, I don't know if he's out here. I said, oh, he is. He's going to hear the story. He's like, I want to hear this story. I was like, well, you got to hear me preach if you want so he's out here listening. Um, when I was, I don't know, eight or nine, it was a couple years after the original Nintendo had come out. Yes. And I wanted, I wanted it. And um, back then it was about $150, which is about $320 to $350 by today's standards. So basically along the same lines of what a video game system costs still. And for an eight or nine-year-old, this was insurmountable. Like, I couldn't save enough to get that. So what did I do? What any other kid would do? They asked their dad. <laughs> dad, Christmas is coming up. <laughs> I would really like a Nintendo. To which he replied, that's a lot of money. And I knew it was a lot of money. He's like, I don't, we can't do that. Okay, okay. Um, but I remember that uh, I was like, well, maybe I could save up. But then finding out how much it was, I was like, that, you know, the, the, the 25 cents a day that I earned for my chores, I'm not going to be able to make that happen. <laughs> so I just kept hoping and, and praying, God, give, give my dad the money. Give him, <laughs> give him the heart. <laughs> I remember that Christmas, and I honestly didn't have any expectations, but out comes this, this present, and I op open it up, and it's a Nintendo, complete with the, the gun for Duck Hunt. <laughs> and <laughs> I was happy. I was jumping up and down, and I was super excited. And I remember the look on my dad's face. He was happy. And the funniest thing happened, like, after I got that, I, you know, of course, opened it up right away and started playing it and stuff, and it was awesome. The following day, we went and celebrated uh, Christmas with my mom's side of the family. And uh, it was fun, and we started opening presents, and my uncle had also gotten me and my cousin a Nintendo. I was like, well, I, God, I was, I was happy with one. You got me too. And I was the coolest kid on the planet for about 10 seconds because after I'd opened it, my dad said, oh, that's awesome. I can take mine back. 
which he did. <laughs> but he had also bought me some other games, so I got to keep the games. Um, it, it was great. But I, j I remember as I, b both times as I opened up those gifts, like, man, I was, I was so excited. I was so happy. But I remember um, also just the looks on my dad's face and my uncle's face. Like, they were excited. They were happy. There was joy in their eyes as they, they gave that to me. Now, I think it would have kind of been offensive to them if I would have dug in my pocket and dug, brought out <laughs> a few <laughs> quarters. Be like, hey, uh, thank you for that, for that amazing gift that I can't pay for. But here, here's what I got. Like, like that's not the point. My uncle would be like, uh, no, like I don't need your couple of quarters. Like that thing costs way more than a couple of quarters. I don't need those. Enjoy the gift. Nothing we can do can pay for what Christ already paid for. You can't earn it. Don't try to earn it. If you try, you're going to have to try super hard in every single way. And everything you do won't ever be enough. It doesn't even, the quarter analogy doesn't even compare. Because, I mean, if, if, if you think about it, that's like, what, a thousandth of the cost of Nintendo. Everything you do wouldn't even compare. It wouldn't even come up to a thousandth. A hundred thousandth, a millionth, a billionth. It wouldn't compare. Isaiah 64, 6 says, All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sin sweeps us away. Notice what it says here. When it says, all have become like one who is unclean, it doesn't say, all your stupid acts are like filthy rags. All our righteous acts. All of what we can do in our own power, all the best we could possibly do is like filthy rags. And we try to take that and say, here, God, I'm going to give you this so that I can be free. He's like, why? Why do you think I need those filthy rags? They're worthless. Just take this priceless gift I've given you and enjoy it. For freedom's sake, I set you free. So that you would not feel like you have to try to earn it. You know, when we are born here in America, you are automatically a U.S. citizen. Isn't that amazing? Like, you didn't do anything. You just wake up, start eating, pooping, crying. But yet you get all the freedoms that a U.S. citizen has, and you haven't done anything. 
You get all those freedoms because of what somebody else did, from, from, because of what other people did, gave their life for that freedom. You inherently get it. Just being a USC, being born in this country, you get it. Same way we are born spiritual citizens of heaven. John 3, 5 through 6. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You are born a U.S. citizen. You are born a citizen of heaven. You give your life to God, just saying, God, forgive me of my sins. I accept what you did on the cross. And you get baptized like, like Kaylee did this morning. And then you are born of the Spirit, and then you are a citizen of heaven. Think about that for a second. In light of thinking about your citizenship as a U.S. citizen. Do you have to earn your citizenship as an American? It's given to you. It's a gift by what other people paid for. Your citizenship in heaven is a gift by what somebody else paid for, by what Jesus paid for. You are citizens of heaven if you've given your life to Christ. Philippians 3, 20 through 21 says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to the subject all things to himself. And we can talk about like quantifiable numbers to for forever, like, what was it, 24,000 people gave their life. We could talk about you know, how much the war cost in terms of dollars and, and food and, and, and all this types of things. But the true cost of freedom is immeasurable. So, just because it didn't cost you anything, and we've, I know we say this a lot, freedom wasn't free. It's free to you. Like, we inherently get it. As a U.S. citizen, you inherently get it. But it costs a great deal. Our freedom from sin and from the law wasn't free as well. It cost a great deal. It cost the blood of one who was perfect. Who knew no sin. Yet he gave his life. He actually what happened is not he just gave his life. He took on himself all of our sin. All the things that we had done wrong and become slave to. And God's God Father God, his righteous judgment came down on Jesus. And punished sin and destroyed it and set us free. See, 
Jesus didn't just die on the cross to forgive you, to forgive you of your sins. He did it to set you free from them. So that we would no longer be slaves, that we would leave, live free. And some may argue, it's like, well, I've, I'm forgiven, I can kind of just live as I want. Paul addresses this in Romans 6, starting in verse 15. says, what then? Are we to sin because we are no, not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either to sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you were once slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. We will serve something we are designed to. We either serve sin and sin's product is death or we serve God and righteousness which each product is life so if we've been set free from sin and the law we're citizens of heaven it costs us nothing how should we then treat that gift that was given to you I think one of the worst things that we can do with a gift that it has cost somebody a lot of money or whatever it may have cost is to to treat it with disgrace or to discard it altogether. Well, it didn't cost me anything, so why does it matter if it sits over in the corner or for a trample on it? just because it didn't cost you anything doesn't mean that it doesn't have value. The price of our freedom from sin, from the law, is the value of it is immeasurable. Treat it as such. Not, okay, I'm, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, I can continue to, to live my life the way I want, do what I want, sin the way that I want, give God the, the sins that I don't really care about anymore, but I'm going to keep these other ones. No, it's for freedom's sake Christ set us free. So that we would no longer have to serve sin. That that yoke is broken. We can live as free citizens of heaven because that's what we are inherently. Treat the gift that you've been given as priceless because it is. Live free. Now I know that we aren't perfect. And God is working in us through a process called sanctification. But it's all about the heart. It's all about your desire. That desire or that compulsion 
to sin should be broken. Are we still going to mess up? Sure. But that compulsion to sin, that yoke of sin should be no more. And our desire should be to serve God and his righteousness. Amen? Amen. It's for freedom's sake we've been set free. So live as free men and women. Amen? Amen. Let's stand and let's worship.